Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Welcome back, my friend. I am super delighted and honored to bring to you the conversation that I recently had with my great friend, Ray Edwards, talking about the messiness of the entrepreneurial journey and the idea of how to avoid business burnout. Now, business burnout, the topic in and of itself, that language never came into our conversation. And that's because of the fact that, hmm, now that I think about this conversation, in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, yeah, this is really a great conversation about how to avoid business burnout. But when we started this conversation, we were kind of just going with the flow. You kind of pick it up. We we let the cat out of the bag at the end. You'll hear in the conversation that it's like, oh, you know, we, we pulled that together without having a clear plan of exactly what we're going to talk about. In this public content, I prefer to create outlines of where I'm going. What's the destination? And what are some of the waypoints that we're going to stop off at along the way. I like to take you on a little bit of a journey, and I like to know as your tour guide for the next hour, where am I taking you? But occasionally, I say, hey, where are you going? You know what? I'm just in town for a few hours. Why don't you just take me on a tour? Just whatever comes up. Just let's go for a ride. So that's what we did on a recent live stream together. But it turned out to be this brilliant conversation about how to avoid business burnout. And it's about finding this secret in life and in business, but it's every area of life that what we're talking about doesn't just apply to business. But in my mind, in my heart, this conversation I want to speak to the business owners. I want to speak to the entrepreneurs. I want to speak to those of you who are thinking about leaving the day job in pursuit of the grass that's greener on the other side. You maybe want to leave so that you can have more freedom to do what you want when you want. Maybe you want to remove that ceiling off of your income. There's all these other huge, massive things that are just awaiting you on the other side of life once you leave the the day job. If that's you, I want to talk to you for a moment in this episode. And of course, I want to speak to those of you who have been full-time self-employed, whether you voluntarily left or you waited until they pushed you out. Uh, For whatever reason, you're now full-time self-employed. You started that business You've been working around the clock. You have taken courses, read books, all about marketing, how to get out there and land new clients, new customers. You've learned all of these things, and you have been struggling. I want to speak to you with this conversation that I shared with Ray. And then, of course, I want to speak to those of you who have been in business for several years and you've seen some success financially, some months better than others, but overall, you've kind of got a repeatable process that will work and you have confidence in it now. It took a lot of courage to get there, but you've got confidence that you've got a a plan that will work overall, but yet you find that you're still not as fulfilled as you thought you would be when you first built the business. And of course, I want to also, there's one other group of people that I want to speak to, and that's the one who is on the borderline of business burnout. Or maybe you've just crossed over the borderline, and you are burned out with your business. If any of those describe where you've been, and or where you are, or where you feel like you may be heading, this conversation is for you. 
I'm joined by my best friend on the planet, Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com. Ray, how are you, brother? I am fantastic and excited about this conversation, and I love what you've been doing here with these lives. So it's a real privilege to be invited to be part of this one. Well, thank you. I'm honored to have you here, and I'm just honored to do life with you, quite frankly. What I want to talk about today, and I just want to set this up right out of the gate, is I want to talk about the messiness of the entrepreneurial journey. Mm. Let me set it up like this. Recently, I had somebody purchase my Free the Dream online course, freethedreamcourse.com, by the way. He purchased the Free the Dream online course, and I'm like, hey, I saw that you purchased this. I wanted to reach out and personally say thank you. I just sent you a Facebook friend request. I see we're already connected on LinkedIn. I see the mutual connections we have. Wow, I'm so honored. Hey, number one, let me ask you this. How long have you been following me? And number two, what made you decide to buy the Free the Dream online course? Here's the email response with no personal identifying material to lead back to who this individual is. Hey, Cliff, you're welcome. I literally just got an email from LinkedIn this morning about your Free the Dream goal-setting live stream that you did recently. By the way, streaming live on the internet does have an impact of getting people's attention. Next line in the email. I decided to put it on in the background while I was working, but then I realized how significant your talk really was, so I stopped working to tune in more intently. I have been, listen to this, struggling mentally for the past year or so on what I should do with my business, and I have been depressed and unmotivated. I realize that I have been focusing on the wrong things, and that is part of why I am so unhappy. Now, Ray, you and I both have the honor of serving many thousands of people who are on this online entrepreneurial journey. And one of the things that I emailed back to this individual is, dude, first and foremost, I just got to tell you, you are not alone with what you are experiencing. Would you say that that's accurate on your side of the fence over there? Absolutely. There are many people experiencing that very thing he described. Why do you think people get into that position? This is somebody who is full-time self-employed. This guy's been in business for several years and yet is expressing, wow, I don't even know what to do with my business. I feel stuck. I feel depressed. I feel unhappy, unfulfilled. It seems like I've just been focused on the wrong thing. The reason why it doesn't matter what this person's name is and what his business is is because it is so frequent, so common. But Ray, what do you think is the common reason that you've seen for people who are going through this? Well, There's a couple of different levels I could answer this question on. The first one being he actually, I feel, supplied a big part of the answer in his message to you. I've been focused on the wrong things. You and I both are aware that what we focus on, we tend to get more of that. We notice more of it. We begin collecting evidence, building a case for the thing we notice, the thing we're focused on. There's that saying that where focus goes, energy flows. So uh, zooming out, I think it's it's a bigger problem than just focus. I think most people have no training in how to manage their own nervous system, their own thinking and feeling and speaking and the, the way they move their body or don't move their body. So it's, it's a multi-layered problem. I think it's poor training. We've been trained how to feel miserable. And we've, most of us have practiced it all of our lives. So we're really good at it. I know I have my own story of resonating with this person at a deep level, getting into business, working around the clock. My first year, I've told this story many times, working 12 to 18 hours a day, seven days a week for nine months without ever taking a single day off. Finally, after nine months, I did, oh, by the way, with no paycheck, 
The business was bringing in income, paying the CPA, paying for health insurance benefits for the family, and all of the expenses and overhead of software solutions and equipment and stuff, but still no paycheck after nine months of no day off. Mm. And then finally, for the final three months of my first year in business, I took one day a week off, but this is the way my mind was working at the time. I could only allow myself the permission to take one day a week off if I would agree to myself to increase the number of hours that I put into the business the other six days of the week. And then by the end of the year, I made $11,000 net income and I celebrated with two weeks in the hospital where I almost died. Hello. Yay. Welcome to entrepreneurship. Uh, I think the other thing that comes into play, and you hinted at it in your narrative just now, is we get isolated. Uh, It's one of the reasons many people become an entrepreneur because they don't want a boss. They don't want to be accountable to anyone. They want to be in charge, make the decisions, and not be questioned. I'm not saying everybody, but many entrepreneurs get into their own business for those reasons. And that puts us in a place of isolation. And now we're in the echo chamber of our own habitual thoughts and emotional patterns. And that's a, if you don't, if you haven't consciously chosen those patterns and thoughts and habits, uh, it can lead you into this dark place called depression and anxiety. And it's tough to know how to get out because you're paralyzed once you realize where you are. Well, Ray, I know that you are currently writing your third professional book. I know you've written many books in the past, but you've got your third book about business coming out soon. Is that correct? Yes. What it's, is that book about, and, and how does that relate to what we're talking about here today? Uh, the book is called Read This or Die, Persuading Yourself to a Better Life. And that book is it's about how I found myself in a very similar place, um, a situation where uh, all the things that I had believed up until that moment were called into question because of the diagnosis I received of Parkinson's disease. And I had to, over time, I had to deal with the depression of learning I had an incurable, degenerative, progressive disease, of dealing with all the, there are many symptoms. Most people think it's just like shaking hands, but it's so much more than that. There's other things that one has to deal with. And then I had to start questioning my religious beliefs, my beliefs about business, my beliefs about relationships, my beliefs about my own worth, because for all my life, I had used a kind of, not all my life, but since my teenage years, I had a mantra that said my value came from my ability to produce. And I thought that was a virtue. I, I mean, that was something I repeated with a religious fervor. And so I had deeply driven that pattern of thinking into my brain. And then I became a person who was in a position where I physically could not produce at the levels at which I was producing before. And so that particular belief did not serve me very well because I began to feel kind of worthless. So I was driven to a place of having to change so many of the things I believed, the things I was saying, the things I was doing with my body, the habits I was reinforcing or building into every day. I wrote myself, I found myself not able to, I just didn't seem to get any help from my traditional sources of help. My pastor, my psychologist, my therapist, my doctor, my nutritionist, all the people that had helped me up until then, none of it seemed to be working. So I I realized one day I've got to change all of this and I've got to change it now or I'm going to die. Um, and a friend of mine, named Jim Rutz, a long time ago in the copywriting and advertising business, had written a promotion for a health newsletter product. And his headline for that product was, read this or die. So I borrowed Jim's headline for this letter I wrote to myself. And this was a sales letter selling me on the new beliefs I had to adopt in order to be, to feel happy, to feel joy, to feel peace instead of fear, depression, and anxiety. So it was me getting leverage on myself with a very visceral headline that I knew worked for me in my own case, which was read this or die. And the sub headline of my letter to myself was, if you don't get this taken care of, you're going to bleed 
regret and find yourself in an early grave. So it was pretty, pretty heavy duty self manipulation, if you will, but it worked. Well, I'm glad it worked, and I'm thrilled to know that this book is going to be coming out. I can't wait to read how, because you're. I know that you've shared the pastor framework for how to sell products and services in business, and your last book, How to Write Copy That Sells, is really a, a great distillation of your method of, of writing persuasive sales copy, but what I read about the book in its description that you shared with me is that you're actually using this same pastor framework to build a persuasive way of communicating to yourself the problem that you've got going on, the amplification of how this thing's gonna go if it's not addressed, the stories and solutions that are going to be applied, the transformation that you anticipate to experience and all this other stuff. I'm super excited about this book. The book is coming out when? May 23rd of 2023. And it's already available for pre-order, which, by the way, as soon as you sent me the the thing, I went and went into Amazon and pre-ordered right away. So just go to Read This or Die. Do a search on Amazon. You'll see the book there. The, there's no cover for it. It says the cover to be revealed, but it's May 23rd. Go ahead and just click that pre-order button. So, Ray, Thank I want to... Yeah, Absolutely. Did you find yourself before being diagnosed with Parkinson's ever struggling with business where basically where this is what I noticed for myself and what I notice in a lot of people that I work with today that I got into business because I wanted freedom. I yes. got into business because I wanted to be able to be in control of my own schedule. I got into business because I wanted to be able to do what I want when I want it. That was primarily first and foremost for me. And then I also realized that, wow, I want to go into business because I believe with business, the only limit to my income would be my imagination. And so I went in for to business for the freedom to choose when, what to do, when to do it. I went into it for the freedom of making as much money as I desire. And I went in for the desire to create something and do work that I love. And the idea was, wow, if I could do this with my most productive hours, the quote unquote work hours of the week, that would give me the most incredible life ever. I could literally have the life of my dreams. But as I shared earlier, working around the clock, never taking a day off, almost dying in the hospital just because of how terribly I cared for my physical body, what I realized is that I had very little freedom. I had very little income. And I felt chained to this business but yet at the same time i knew that i was i knew that i was meant to go into business i knew that i was meant to do what i was doing i had no desire to go back to the employee lifestyle that i had previously which i was certainly available to me so i knew that i had a business that was running my life rather than having a life that is supported by my business. Had Prior to your diagnosis with Parkinson's, did you ever experience anything like this? Absolutely. And again, I think it's a very common experience. It's a very common story. I got into business to be free and to have lots of financial freedom as well, lots of financial abundance and time to do what I want. And then, boom, business owner three years later discovers well, I'm working the craziest job I've ever had, 80 hours a week. I have no money. I have no time. I'm a slave to the thing I created, and now I want to escape it. That's something I hear from my own clients a lot. I believe, for those of you who'd like to just shortcut to the end, I believe that it's useful to reach a place where you've concluded and you've embodied the belief that none of those things is going to make you happy. The money, the, the time, the supposed freedom. That's, if, if you have all these conditions that have to happen before you can be happy, that's not freedom. 
that sounds more like addiction to me. Yeah. The way that I've been communicating this is that I'm still an achiever today. I claim the label as as my ego, Cliff Ravenscraft personality. I am a high achieving individual and I set big goals and I love to set goals and I love to go after goals. And I used to believe that the greatest joy was the achievement of one of those goals. And that's why I kept setting goal after goal after goal after goal because I wanted that great joy as often as possible. But what I've learned for myself is that there is very little joy or what joy there is is extremely short-lived in the achievement of anything. It goes back to an Earl Nightingale quote from The Strangest Secret that he said, success is the worth, the pursuit of a worthy idea. It's the pursuit of something. It's, it's the becoming of who you are in the process of going after what you want. And so that is, for me, what I have discovered. I, I am a high achiever. I want to set goals, but I require no achievement of any goal ever for peace, love, joy, abundance, and feeling worthy. Yes. So many of us start out on this journey working for those things, working for peace, working for joy, working for contentment. And the truth is, I think, this is my hallucination, that it's better to work from peace, from joy, from contentment. And then I, I too enjoy the game of having big goals and working toward them and enjoying the process of working toward them. I have found achieving them not to be as pleasurable as actually the process of working toward them. And I've, I use that same definition from Earl Nightingale. I listened to his Lead the Field program probably a hundred times when I was driving around in my car selling insurance. That definition of success is tattooed on my brain. Progress toward a worthy ideal. That means I can be successful today because I made progress. I love that. And, and well, okay. So I would, I feel a little bit of caution even in that statement. Think about this. Did you say I feel worthy because I at least I made progress? No. Okay, I did. I said I said I can be successful today. The I I think I see where you're headed. Like the the actual idea that I need to make progressive realization of a worthy ideal says I have to work somehow to get the joy, to get the feeling of success. I that's a fair point. If that's so, the point you're making. Yeah, it, it is the point that I'm making. It, the, I think the joy comes from just being. Yeah. It's out of the being that you have this abundance, and it's the being that you are, the unlimited being that you are, that propels you to work towards the achievement and attainment of the things that your heart desires, but if you can come through it, it's you're not any more worthy, you're not any more happier because you've made progress. See, what I and this is something I've learned as well. I've okay, here's the word of the day from Cliff. Equanimity. Equanimity is one of my favorite things that I've learned from at least I'm sh I'm sure it's all over the world, but I learned it most from my studies recently over the last couple of years of eastern philosophy. And equanimity is this idea that you want to be, you, you, you don't want to go so overboard on celebrating your wins because when you celebrate your wins, it's almost as because you achieved and something went what you perceive to be right or good or all this other stuff, it, it is a reason for you to feel good, to feel elevated. 
But with life, you can't experience wins and have the, you can't even have the definition of a win without a failure or a setback or a lack of progress. You can't have progress unless you know what the lack of progress about being stuck or even moving backwards a little bit. So what I've learned for me is that I want to celebrate and pat myself and say, okay, this is great. I love that I just had, for example, there was one month, a big financial win. You know, oh gosh, I just landed this many clients. But if I celebrate that and I tie so much of my emotional well-being on those kind of achievements, what happens in a month where it's a very scarce month, which on the entrepreneurial journey, Ray, as you know, can happen at any time without any warning, no matter what your experience level is in the business journey. And so what I wanna get to is a a place of equanimity where I don't get overjoyed, where I make a couple grand more or maybe many, many grand more than what I need in my business in a certain month. If I can actually get to the place where I don't even get bothered. You know, do you remember the Jimmy Fallon Twilight did you ever see Jimmy Fallon and his parody of Edward Cullen, Robert Pattinson, back in the Twilight movies? He goes, are you bothered? But I, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be, I don't want to have an emotional swing low down just because I'm seven or eight or $9,000 deficit this month than what I need minimum to make ends meet. Because those days do come. And what I need in those days when those come is a state of mind where I can continue to remain confident, at peace, filled with joy, so that I can creatively come up with solutions to bridge that gap financially that month or at least the next month. That's right on target. I agree with that. You know, it's hard for me to describe but I'm going to try. I've, I've reached a place where much of the time, I won't say all the time because I wouldn't be honest, but much of the time, I really don't care. I don't care how, what happens in the business. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what happens in politics because in those times, I'm in this moment, in this location, doing what I'm doing right here, right now, And I'm not thinking about all those other things, so I don't care about them. Because to care about something, you have to be thinking about it. You have to be, I think, meditating on it, or we call it worry or stressing. We're meditating on these bad things that might happen in the future. It's almost like we're praying for them in a certain kind of way. Being able to be in this moment, I mean, this is something I learned from my very first, one of my very first, very earliest mystical teachers whom I heard say to another of his students, something like, always the future with this one. (laughs) Never his mind on where he is and what he is doing. And when Master Yoda said those words of Luke Skywalker, it got my attention. And I realized that was me a lot of the time. So I just tried to be where I am, doing what I'm doing, and not be where I'm not, not doing what I'm not doing. And that helps me tremendously to not be attached to those outcomes. But it does happen. I do get caught up in in those things, but a lot less often than in the past. One of the affirmations on my affirmation list that I memorized, and it's so ingrained in my being today, is this. I am always at the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. There's no, there's no, or another way of saying that, that just came to me. I'm always at the right place at the right time with the right people experiencing the right thing for my good and for Mm. the good of others. I love that. I've, I had already adopted that first sentence as one of my affirmations or declarations. I think I'm going to adopt the second one as well. Yeah. It's that idea that every experience of life I have a belief that is meant for my good. And of course, you know, Romans 8, 28, I believe it is, for we know that God works together all things for the good 
of those who are lo- who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I do believe that every situation, every circumstance. So I do believe that when I have a significant, massive financial windfall, that's like, oh my gosh, wow, that just happened. Thank you. But just that heart of gratitude, wow, I just lost seven clients. My income just dropped $22,000 a month from losing those clients. Wow, what an incredible experience. Thank you for this. And I'm not being facetious. I am at a place where I am filled with gratitude when it seems as though everything has gone wrong as much as I am filled with gratitude when it seems that nothing could ever go wrong. Not all of the time. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes it takes me about as min- as little as two minutes up to as much as two hours, sometimes two days to get there. But I always get to that place of equanimity. I eventually get there. Um, like you, I have different spans of time at different. Oddly, it's not really in relation to the measurable size of the supposed problem. I, I've come to realize it's more about what's going on inside of my head that determines how long it's going to take me to come back to the present. I I know some people get a little fretful about this whole idea because I used to, I used to really, it used to really bother me when somebody said everything is happening for your good life's happening for you and not to you. Cause I could come up with several different scenarios I had personal experience with and say, well, This thing here, this disease, doesn't seem to be for my good. Uh, This person that I know and care about deeply was attacked by a person with mental problems and stabbed 14 times. That doesn't seem like it was for their good. But as, as I get more time and perspective and see how these different situations unfold, there seems to always be the thread of, how these things work for us and not against us, if we can see it, if we have the eyes to see it, if we have the ears to hear what we're being taught. You and I are both admirers of Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. There's a point at which Frankl makes the point that any philosophy or belief you have that won't work in a concentration camp doesn't work. And he knows because he was interred in Auschwitz and lost his family to the Nazi regime and the horrors that were perpetrated there. And yet he came out of that situation. I know you did an extensive commentary, which by the way, if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard Cliff's commentary on man's search for meaning, that alone is worth you subscribing to the podcast feed that will get you access to that commentary. It's that good. Wow. Thank you. That's over at trainwithcliff.com, by the way. Trainwithcliff.com. Thank you, Ray. I talk about in that commentary, I have some trauma that some people know about, not everyone. It's not important for me to talk about my traumas. But given the fact that regardless what traumas I had as a child, I know there's tons of people who have had even greater trauma. And not to mention the fact that I know since the time I was seven years old, I've lived an incredibly privileged life, and I have a privileged life today. But what I will tell you is that I have the opportunity to coach with people who go through incredible things. I I worked with a young lady who has no hands, and she just painted an entire gallery of artwork that she's now selling online and it's beautiful work and wow. she this girl she is a youtube content creator she is a filmmaker if you will and she has her own youtube channel and guess who do, who guess who sets up the lighting guess who sets up the camera guess who sets up everything her she entire does. her protection team of course no she does she is one of the most upbeat, encouraging people, and she ha- from from she has no hands. She has. I don't. 
I'm not familiar with this person's work, but I can tell from what you're saying, she has discovered the secret of being happy and being content no matter what the circumstance. And she's obviously learned to enjoy the process she developed. She had to develop to be able to do all those things because most people would say, I got no freaking hands, so somebody else has to do it or I can't. Yeah. She figured a way to do it out, and it's not surprising that yeah. she's successful, but she's happy. She's learned that secret. It's a, it's a powerful secret to learn. It is a powerful secret. We've talked about equanimity. If there is one common thread all the way from the beginning of this live stream up until this point, it's this idea of equanimity. If you think about equanimity, a state of mind, a state of emotion, an emotional state that is relatively your home base. For those of you who are watching on video, you'll see where my hand is, which is right about mid. And what if you could actually have this equal kind of relatively mostly optimistic, overflowing peace, love, joy. This is just where you sit. And what happened in my early days in my business, even in that first year, I experienced my highest highs even in the midst of working around the clock and all this stuff, at least I was doing something that I love. In fact, one of the reasons why I work so much is because I felt so drawn to it. But every time something good happened, my emotional state soared off the charts. It went, I mean, if, if there was one to 10, my, my emotional state went to like 50. It blew the top off of the thermometer. And then eventually I would come back to, you know, it slowly even down right around to the middle. But if any negative, if my website went down for 20 minutes, dude, I went to negative four. And I'm talking about I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I am stressed. This, do you have any idea how, how much this impacts my financial ability to sell? I just sent out an email about this, this tool. I worked the last three weeks on this marketing campaign. I just launched and now my website, and then I'm like, okay, Cliff, but maybe you shouldn't be paying like $6.95 a month for a shared service on, on Bluehost for this thing that you got going on. Maybe you might want to think about using this. No, I'm really angry. I have no time to think critically about all of this stuff. I'm certainly not at fault here. I'm really angry. They, sh they guarantee 99 point something percent uptime and this isn't living up to it. And so I'm down and, and this is what happened. And what, what I was in the hospital for in January, January 2009 was I had massive amounts of gallstones from the stress and the anxiety. The, the ups were high, the lows were low. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to consider here is how, Ray, can we, I, I know you and I are getting better at this every single day, but for those who are starting on this journey, how can we get to the place where maybe, we, you know, our highs, we can, in a way, maybe keep it within the scale of five to, to 9.5 or 10, you know, not go so far above 10 that we break the chart that way. And how can we keep our lows going all the way down to one or two all of the time? Can How can we get to the place where eventually, you know, it's like, okay, I, I need $20,000 a month every month in my business. I just had a $52,000 a month. Wow, that brings me up to about a seven. That was really cool. Whereas, you know, wow, I just had five clients who pay me $2,250 a month within 90 days drop off. Wow, that brings me down to about a four. And, and get to the place where hopefully one day neither one of those really takes us away any more peace, less peace, more joy, less joy, more worthy, less worthy, more abundance, less abundance. What are some of the things people can do to begin the practice of having more equanimity in their emotional experience of life? And I business? love it. I love that you use that word because something that I've been saying a lot lately, people ask me how I'm doing. I say, all things being equal, I'm doing great. And they think uh, there's some kind of like qualifier saying, I've really got some big problem you don't know about. No, I mean what I say. All things are equal. I'm doing good. 
Hi, Siri. How are you? <laughs> she always wants to participate. Such a helpful entity. She says she's pretty good. Thanks on my end. Um, I there's so many tools that are available. She said all things being equal, she's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I, <laughs> I uh, I think awareness in itself is helpful. If you start becoming aware of when you're riding that roller coaster, and this is going to seem so simple, I hallucinate most people will just think it's ridiculous. But a few months ago, I started to practice. I track my mood four times throughout the day. I have a little reminder that pops up, and I track my mood on a scale of one to ten. And I started deciding. And instead of tracking how I was feeling randomly when the alarm went off, I was going to start deciding where I am on this scale now, starting now, just as a way of thinking about it differently. And guess what? My overall happiness or equanimity or contentment has raised by about three points because whenever I do this, my first thought is, I think I'm about a five and I'm deciding I'm going to a nine. And then often I'll think, why am I stopping at a nine? If I'm deciding, I'm just going to go for a 10. So 10. And then I begin to think about why I'm at a 10 because I'm breathing, because I'm upright, because I'm able to do these things that I'm doing today, because I have a great cup of coffee in front of me. I just look at where I am with what I'm experiencing and fill up on that. So maybe that's too simple, but if that has any appeal to you at all, you could just start deciding where you are when you begin your day or when you're thinking about it throughout the day. That's one way. I like that. I had a client recently who said, I'm really overwhelmed right now and I'm trying to figure out how to find some sort of balance of where I am, a balance between achievement and giving myself grace and not speaking to myself the way that I do about my current situation, current circumstance. So he, he, and he shared a couple of things that are going on. Number one, I have this goal of having, you know, onboarding three new clients by the end of this year. Currently, I only even have one in the process. I have to have two more. I currently now have two households. I just bought another house and I have all sorts of things that need to be done before Christmas so that I can be prepared so that I can have my children come and spend the holidays with me. And also it, and here's the exact link, it weighs on me that I have put so much time into this online course and it's still not selling. Mm. And not to mention the fact that there's just a whole other plethora of other, oh, and loneliness was another thing. He said, my personal network, if you will, is very small. And so there's also a loneliness happening here. So with all of this, he's like, I'm, I'm really struggling. I bet. Yeah. And so, and one of the things that I, I'm like, I had a, a whole monologue, by the way, and it's, it's in the most recent episode of the Train with Cliff Audio Journal podcast, which came out today on Saturday, December 3rd, over at trainwithcliff.com, by the way. My entire monologue is there. I share all of that to say this. So this is this is a situation where this person is. And for the last couple of weeks, I am like I always am, in the Green Room Mastermind, Michael Stelzner always asks, Cliff, how you doing? And Ray, do you know what I say to him every single week for more than a decade now? Something like the best I've ever been and getting better every day. Yeah, it's, I say I've never been better yeah. and it gets better every single minute of the day. Yeah. Every now and then I switch it up and say, I've never been better and it gets better every millisecond of the day. Now, I only say that when I am living in the present moment and I actually have the perception and perspective of this equanimity. See, I'm still bringing the core theme. I'm pulling the thread even further into this conversation. Well done. Thank you, sir. All right. So when I'm in the moment, I say it. If I'm not in that moment, if I'm in one of those delayed reaction times when an unexpected, undesirable, and inconvenient circumstance that shows up into my life Every now and then, there's a little bit of delay before I get bounced back up into my median, if you will. 
And if you were to ask me then, how are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing really well, thank you. But almost always, I will say, I've never been better. Gets better every minute of the day. Thank you. So I shared. I said, let me tell you something. I did have a $52,000 month in September. Hurrah. Hurrah. Yeah. So I had a $52,000 month in September. And I did have my $22,000, which is above what I need. I need $20,000 every month in my business to make my financial needs and provide for my family and my community the way that I am used to doing so. Anything less than 20K is uncomfortable, inconvenient, undesirable. I'm in a place in my business through nobody's fault other than by the way that I've chosen to do things where currently my recurring revenue that is anticipated and expected and somewhat as guaranteed as it can be because people are contractually agreed to X number of months of this, I'm currently sitting at a forecasted every single month of Mm. $12,000, $8,000 less than what I need every month. Hurrah. Hurrah. But it's no big deal because every month I bring on, I have a process where I bring on new clients. And for the last nine months, there's typically almost always been at least one person who pays in full. And I very rarely make a a proposal less than $12,000. And so all of this, but here I was in the month of November for the first three weeks of the month of November. And not one new client onboarded. But not only that, I'd only talked to two potential clients. Mm. Hurrah! Right? Hurrah. So why is that? Well, I was working on a course, of course, that I've actually invested over $125,000 in its production, which is not selling really well. So I've got that going on. Here's the thing, though. It's not weighing on me at all. I just chose to focus on improving my marketing message. I know one day I'm going to get this thing right. There's been about 150 people who's purchased this thing. Their lives are transformed. If I could just figure out how to communicate everybody, they would have this experience. It's all going to work out one day, someday. And I just chose to focus the first few weeks, first week and a half of November. Then for the rest of the time, all the way up until this conversation, I am experiencing severe chest pain and shoulder uh, and neck pain all the way from my neck all the way down in my arm. And I had this a couple years ago and I went to the hospital. I thought I was having a stroke. Turned out that I had a pinched nerve in my neck or my shoulder. And eventually it all went away. And so far, it seems to be that that's what it is. I, I mean, I'm still here weeks later. It, if I don't know how long a stroke can last, but anyway. You know, so there, but there was thoughts in my mind. And as a result of all of this pain, it was physically exhausting. And so as a result of that, anytime I'm not doing something that's required for my facilitation of meetings and all this other stuff, I was literally sleeping two, four, sometimes six extra hours a day. And that's why there were so few new onboarding of potential clients. And so here I am, all of this stuff, and I just simply, it's like, huh. And I did dip down, not below the zero level, not even down to one, but I dipped down to some twos and threes, which all of a sudden starts like, wow, I I wonder if I'm going to wake up from this nap. You know, (laughs) that thought kind of creeped in. And I'm like, I'm okay if that happens, was the answer. You know, I, I've, I've lived a great life. It, if that's what it takes, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So I, I share all of that to say that it is possible to have all of this stuff going on as an undercurrent and still have your life going well. Now, what I did is I went to my trusty journal and I'm like, dear God, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. These are the things that that I'm noticing, this is what I'm aware of, this is what I'm focused on, this is how I've been tempted to perceive what's going on here. I have absolute faith. I do not doubt, ultimately, that everything's going to work out, even if they don't work out the way that I desire. But just in case you're interested, I'd like to give you a list of things that I desire. And Ray, this is what I wrote. Are you interested in hearing what I wrote? Very much so. 
I desire for my body to fully heal itself through the same power that caused it to come into being. Mm. I desire my body to have the energy and motivation for all that I am inspired to do. I desire inspiration to lead me to what will continue to provide for the financial needs of my family and my community. I desire to be of service to others at the highest level. I desire each of my children and my wife to feel my service at the highest level well above what my clients receive from me. I desire for a heart filled with gratitude for there is surely an abundance of things to be grateful for. I desire to embrace the journey ahead with faith and courage. The day after I wrote that was Black Friday. Mm. At about one or two o'clock after waking up from another nap, sitting in meditation for a moment, it came to me, Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Go to your keyboard and write. I wrote an email and in the next four days generated $12,000 in sales. Hurrah. Hurrah. But I would actually be here with as much energy, with as much enthusiasm, with as much gratitude, with as much love for life if I would have ended the month at 13000 And Ray, the reason why I say that is I know you know this is true. Would you, you would confirm that, wouldn't you? Yes, I was going to interject and say that the thing that makes this remarkable is I know that to be true. 100%. He knows it to be true because he's witnessed it. Yeah. It's it's been I've been there done that several times. And also, Ray, are you free to talk about what's going on on Monday? Um sure. Okay. I didn't I didn't I hadn't planned to do that, but I just checked in with myself and gave myself permission to talk about it. So Ray, you've got this incredibly awesome business. You've here you are on a Saturday afternoon hanging out on a live stream with Cliff Ravenscraft. I've been watching your social media. You've been publishing to the socials all week. I've seen what's going on, the things that are being planned and going on in the background of your business and stuff like that. You've got a lot of things going on. You you've been working in your business this past week, correct? Correct. All right. Anything happening for you, like in the week ahead? Anything special coming up that's out of the ordinary? Well, Monday I'm having brain surgery. I think that might be what you're referring to. <laughs> um, I'm having a procedure called deep brain stimulation. So the neurosurgeon will be cutting two small holes in my skull and inserting two long leads or electrodes deep into my brain. And then... A week later, after that has all healed up, they'll connect a power pack and a controller that'll be under the skin of my chest and connect to the device in my brain. It'll regulate the brain waves and should eliminate, over time, it takes time to adjust it, but should eliminate most of the symptoms of Parkinson's that have been troubling me very much over the last year or two. So it's very exciting. Um, and it's also a little thrilling. So... I'm uh, experiencing a range of emotions, uh, but hurrah, hurrah! This is equanimity. That this that I I didn't know if we would go there or not, and I'm thrilled that you felt the 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 desire to move forward with this because what I wanted to demonstrate is that you have been fully present, high energy, optimistic giving, serving of the people who are here. And here we are, and in two days, and here's the situation. Ray sent me a link. It says, Cliff, if you're interested, here is step-by-step exactly what I'm going through. And I'm like, wow, okay, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) It's um. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. You're awake during the procedure. My doctor sent me some surgery notes ahead of time. And one of the things he said was, I will need your assistance during the surgery, so I'll be keeping you awake. And I, I thought about that for a moment, and I decided right then and there, I'm going to start adding to my byline, assistant neurosurgeon, because it'll be true. Yeah. I, assistant I'm, I'm, assisting the, I'm assisting the neurosurgeon. This has been an opportunity for me to put to work this, and, and to test the things I wrote about in this book and the things I've been 
working on on a personal basis of developing that equanimity you've been talking about. And you've been pivotal in coaching me uh, through this process over time, as you know. There are so many tools we can use to develop that feeling of equanimity, whether good things, quote, what we deem good things or what we deem bad things or pleasant or unpleasant things are happening in our life. So we can be, have an emotional home base of equanimity, all things being equal, being content, the secret of being content, no matter what the circumstances. So I think it's valuable while we've offered some tips and thoughts here, I think it's valuable. And more than that, I think it's, I strongly recommend getting a coach because that person can help you develop the skills of having this feeling of equanimity regardless of what's happening in the external world. Yeah, and I strongly recommend that you go and pre-order the book, Read This or Die. Go look it up in Amazon and pre-order. It's coming out May of 2023, but if you go and pre-order it now, it'll automatically be delivered to you. That, Ray, is going to wrap it up for this live stream. What do you think about coming up with something on the fly? How do we do? I think we did great. I think I've enjoyed this so much. It's been fun and exciting and interesting to be in this conversation with you and all of, all of our guests. It's been a great way to spend this part of the afternoon. Thank you. Hey, if anybody wants to learn more about the things that you're doing, Ray, can you tell people what places should they go to find you? I would just go right on over to rayedwards.com. And if you wish, you can sign up for our email list. I have a thing called the Daily Ray because I send emails every day. I promise you, I'll send you an email every day. <laughs> and you'll be aware of all the things we have available. Many of them are free. And I would love to have you join us and experience some of that if you are so inclined. Well, there you go. That was my conversation with Ray Edwards. Ray has his book coming out May 2023, Read This or Die. Go search for it, pre-order it, have it delivered to you in May. There's no doubt in my mind that Ray has experienced a lot in his business. And I've been on the sideline watching all of it as a very close personal friend. And I just know that all of the insight from all that Ray has been through will make it to the pages of that book. Read this or die. Of course, Ray and I spoke about our mutual admiration and respect for Viktor Frankl. And if you have not read the book, Man's Search for Meaning, I highly encourage you to check out that book. Read that before the next 30 days is expired because it will help you gain a whole new perspective on the finding meaning in life. It, it is an incredibly powerful book. I just want to say thank you. I'm releasing this right around the holidays, so Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate this time of year, many blessings to you. It has been an honor. Stephanie and I are celebrating 17 years that we have been podcasting together. I absolutely am overjoyed about the experiences of life. And I do mean all of the experiences. I'm overjoyed and filled with gratitude with all the incredibly positive, awesome wins of the week that I've had all of these 17 years of this podcasting journey. And I'm incredibly thankful and filled with gratitude of all of the things that I've learned and how I've grown from the undesirable, the unexpected, the inconvenient situations and circumstances that have come my way. I didn't always have equanimity, but they have helped me grow and understand the secret of equanimity and how nothing in the external world will ever bring me lasting peace, love, joy, and abundance. But it is it is accessible, and what I've learned throughout my entire life, I'd always had access to it. I was just unaware of it back then. But peace, love, joy, and abundance is available within. And if you're thinking about making a change from your day job so that you can find more peace, love, joy, and abundance, if you're thinking about 
shutting down one aspect of your business and pivoting to another area of your business and doing something completely different, that may be an incredibly powerful step. But if you're doing it because you think it will give you more peace, love, joy, and abundance, I encourage you, before you make any rash changes in life, See if you can't go and find this crazy thing that Cliff and Ray and so many countless other people have been talking about in this world, this finding peace, love, joy, and an overwhelming sense of abundance from within. That is my prayer for you in this holiday season and in the year and years ahead. Many blessings. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and surmise.